This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AmbaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Amba community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the AmbaCast, everyone. This week, we are having our now annual revisit to talk about updates in our fraud detection and remediation training platform and program. And to talk to me about it this week, I have our good friend and Amva partner, Steve Sebastian. Steve, welcome back to the Amphicast. Thank you, Ian. Very, very nice to be here with you. And happy 2022. Oh, and same to you. Uh, 2021 marked our uh, marked our 20th anniversary for FDR. Uh, so coming back into 2022 with uh, a brand new update, uh, it just feels great. And uh, I'm happy to uh, continue the great traditions of FDR into the new year. Excellent. So for those who may be... Uh, weren't with us last year or are newer to the AMVA community or haven't gone back to the AMVA cast archives, which you certainly can. Let's, let's, before we talk about what's new this year, let's do the very quick 101. You know, we talk about FDR, FDR training, which continues to be among the highest, if not the highest accessed uh, tool that AMVA provides its members. And you could tell me more about download statistics and the amount of jurisdictions we see accessing it. But for those who have maybe only heard about FDR in the passing acronym sentence, <laughs> give, sure, give us a little sure. bit of that high level what it is we're talking about. Sure. For those that are unfamiliar, FDR is AMVA's one-stop fraud toolbox, I think, is the best way to describe it. Uh, FDR, or fraudulent, uh, excuse me, fraud detection and remediation, uh, has evolved since it was originally developed some 20 years ago, uh, which it, when it was fraud, uh, excuse me, fraudulent document recognition. It was FDR was devoted simply to document recognition, and that's it. Mm. Um, it has evolved over the years and has become fraud detection and remediation, and now has fraud training material for every level of employee and for all business units. It is not simply documents anymore. We talk about fraud trends. We talk about fraud uh, topics in management and how to address those. And again, uh, detection and remediation uh, is a large part of the game. So FDR in that one-stop fraud toolbox contains a modularized curriculum of computer-based courseware, uh, a whole suite of downloadable fraud assets that can really be kept just a click away from those students that are going to need them in their daily routines. All those assets can be kept locally. Uh, as well as links to other uh, fraud resources, both externally and uh, and within AMBA as well. Uh, it is a component of real ID uh, training requirements for jurisdictions, uh, and the material is submitted by members, working groups, issuing agencies, and our federal partners. Mm -hmm. So, again, we've got a one-stop fraud toolbox for all members of the organization, 
from entry level all the way to the chief administrator and covering job duties throughout the organization. It's not just the driver's driver license counter. There's fraud training for the vehicle staff, fraud training for support staff, fraud training for management staff as well. And it's all in one place. I think that's a really important evolution that's occurred in, in the program is the broadening of the audience that training was available for. It's, you know, long ago are the years where this training was simply about the fraud unit or the fraud investigators. This is about everybody, as you say, from that frontline counter doing all types of transactions, not just driver licensing, but any type of transaction um, from that frontline counter uh, individual, the client customer service representative, all the way through their manager, backroom fraud investigators, up to the administrator. Now, there's different modules that people can, that people would use based on their job category, so to speak. Absolutely. And and I think uh, a good way to, to illustrate that, uh, FDR now contains 27 distinct modules. And each module runs about 20 to maybe 35 minutes for our longest module. Of those 27 fraud modules, 15 of them are document-centric. So for those folks that are looking at at documents, we've got at least 15 document-centric modules covering things like birth certificates, driver's license and IDs, uh, immigration documents and other categories, travel documents, Canadian documents, Mexican documents, all of those document-centric modules are there. But there are also 12 non-document-centric <laughs> modules or prevention, detection, and remediation modules. And those run the gamut uh, all the way from introduction to fraud uh, to the module that you mentioned, our Administrators 15, which is fighting fraud through education, engineering, and networking. Mm-hmm. That is created specifically for our uh, our administrative staff. But uh, as you mentioned, we've got other uh other modules there as well. Uh, internal fraud, law enforcement in the DMV, an Invitus investigation tools, facial recognition best practices, all of these items that uh, will have a unique audience within the agency to get that specific fraud training that they may need, as well as the general fraud training that the agency in general needs. And then there's also some of the content that is available and accessible for non-jurisdiction individuals, whether that's associate members or other third parties who might be listening and going, hey, I'm not a member of ANVA, but I would love for my such and such team to learn some of these skills because we rely on DMV documents. That's that's an outstanding point. FDR is available uh, for purchase by outside entities and entities outside of our membership. And where that becomes important uh, for at the member level I am certain, and it's been reported that many jurisdictions are met with requests from their business partners, retailers, bankers, auto dealers, anyone you're 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 doing business with in the private sector. Those those entities are often often coming to the DMVs looking for fraud training, mm-hmm. and given today's environment providing free training outside of the agency is a very, very difficult order to fit. Uh, But in this case, uh, perhaps DMVs can direct those 
those business partners to the Anva website, and they can receive uh, the fraud training that they need. Granted, it is select content. It's not exactly the same content as available to our jurisdiction members, but it provides an excellent basis for what they need uh, in their job responsibilities. As a matter of fact, the Internal Revenue Service had, has recognized uh, FDR as uh, a valuable tool and is requiring this purchase through the AM, through uh, AMVA of FDR for those individuals licensed to issue individual taxpayer identification numbers through the IRS. So with the importance of FDR both within the agency um, as DHS has put the uh, the, the approval for FDR as a training component of Real ID, the IRS has recognized FDR as an outstanding component mm. for their anti-fraud efforts surrounding the ITIN, uh, the ITIN distribution system. And is that related mostly to those that are issuing those numbers or relying on certain documents? And the IRS wants to know that folks who are reviewing those documents to issue the identity number know how to properly look at and vet those documents? It's, it, it, it's your, your first point. We, the IRS uh, wants to be certain that these individuals are looking at the documents and are able to authenticate them as presented so that they can continue their prescribed function of issuing those numbers. So the IRS is making sure and requiring proof of passing uh, FDR uh, before it, it issues the license to those individuals. So you talked earlier about the modules that were very document-centric. I would imagine that when we're updating this every year, that's one of the big challenges of keeping the modules timely and accurate because all of these different documents across the universe that we, we touch are constantly changing and, and evolving. So I would imagine that when we think about what's new for this year, there's a good chunk of that that is simply, hey, somebody's updated their document and we need our members to know that that document might look a little different than what you're used to and here's what to look for. Yes, actually, 2021 was a very busy year for uh, new document introductions or revisions. The new U.S. passport was, was released, along with the new, uh, new U.S. emergency passport. So we have sections within the travel documents module related to those two new releases. Uh, Canada also released a new permanent resident card that's housed in our Canadian document section. And uh, the uh, Department of Defense also issued a new military ID card or a new U.S. ID card, as it's also known. Mm. Uh, so that's now in its own module in the military ID cards module. Uh, we've also received new high quality counterfeit information from one of our jurisdictions. This mm. year it was from Iowa. Uh, a number of jurisdictions have gone through and done their own internal analysis on some of the high quality counterfeits that are being purchased over the internet and arriving mm -hmm. overseas. Uh, Iowa has taken a close look at its counterfeit document and given some guidance to other jurisdictions uh, should they come across uh, Iowa DLs. Mm -hmm. uh, that's also uh, been placed into, uh, into FDR this year. 
in addition to those to those documents, there are also uh, working group products and uh, releases. Uh, from other entities that are also quite important that make their way into FDR that may not necessarily be related specifically to documents. And an mm-hmm. example of that is the new vehicle license plate standard. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about our module, uh, the Administrators 15, where we're fighting fraud through education, engineering, and networking. And our engineering piece uh is dependent upon driver license standards, document standards, vehicle plate standards, mm-hmm. et cetera. So our vehicle plate standard has, uh, has entered into FDR in the Administrator's 15 module. One item that was introduced last year is our, our Consolidated Driver License and ID Release Guide. Many jurisdictions, when releasing a new driver's license, also release a promotional package uh, that's delivered to not only the general public, but also to their business partners, retailers, etc., that covers the features of the new driver's license, the new ID document, maybe even talks about some of the security features and some of the things to look for when trying to authenticate that particular license. All of those releases have been consolidated within FDR and are now available in sort of just a one-stop point-and-click document that can be kept at the point of sale. And for 2022, expanding upon the driver license release guide, we've responded to inquiries from the jurisdictions to also provide a title uh, sample release Mm. guide. So in 2022, although we don't have full participation from all jurisdictions, we have an excellent representation of the jurisdictions and their title samples. And they are continuing to arrive and will be added uh, to that uh, consolidated guide as the year goes on. Um, so those are those are. Just some of the things we've been working, we had were working on for 2022, and were released on January 1st. So we've got at least four documents: uh, new guides from jurisdictions, new plate standards, new uh, title resources, and new driver license and ID uh, visual authentication editions uh, as well. So I want to go all the way back to the very first one you listed, and maybe I'm being a little partial to it because I just received the new U.S. passport. Mine had expired. I needed to get a new passport, and you know, of course, it came in the 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 newer format um, compared mm-hmm. to my old one. Compared to my wife's one, obviously, it looks different. Uh, what are some of the highlights of the new U.S. passport? I know that DMVs are looking at a lot of passports. It's a huge document that comes through that a lot of DMVs use to uh, use as verification. And we know that, you know, probably other than the driver's license and ID card, it's it's likely the most used identity document uh, in, in the U.S. So I'm curious at a, at a high level, to the degree you can divulge in a very open forum uh, some of the highlights sure. of the u.s passport that mem- that folks who either haven't gotten a new one like i have or are tuned to this may not may not know have changed sure i what i think the most most striking uh change that folks will see with the new passport is it actually has three portraits when you open up the uh 
the biographical data page. Uh, normally, we're used to seeing just a, uh, a single large portrait and perhaps a ghosted portrait um, on passports. This passport actually has three. Uh, two are in black and white. One is in color. And that color uh, that color portrait is actually composed of microprinting um, that you can, that is visible to the eye. It stands out, um, but you can see just how difficult it is to create a full color photo using microprinting. Mm. Um, so that's the first thing I think that that stands out as you look at it. Um, if you had the opportunity to get a closer look at your a biographical data page that contains your portraits on there. Rubbing your fingers across it, you'll find this version of the passport has tactile security features, which we haven't seen before, along with uh, multiple laser images that are also tactile. If you rub your finger over them, you'll, they will make a very distinct sound like a mm. nylon zipper. Um, so those are just two of the newest features that have come out that uh, we haven't seen in the U.S. passport before. Yeah. In some ways, it's the passport is, uh, you know, trying to keep up with us, so to speak, because I hear you, some of those things that you say that are new features in the passport are things we've seen introduced in the driver's license world over the last few years. You know, I think, you know, I, I opened up that passport. I'm like, oh, they've moved to the black and white the way many jurisdictions have moved. Absolutely. And, and it, it applies as you as you look across different things. There are certain technologies that, that cross over back and forth, uh, uh, laser drilling. Uh, some jurisdictions uh, for a period of time mm -hmm. used very precise laser drilling of outlines or uh, graphics within their license. And that's a technology taken from laser drilled serial numbers on passports. So yeah, these things go back and forth and, and hopefully begin, uh, continue to evolve so we can outstep those criminals who are, are just getting more creative every day. Yeah. So speaking about that, criminals are getting more creative every day. Now that obviously 2022 update that you spent all 21 doing the 22 update, it's now live. And I know as soon as you press that button, you start on that new list that you've already got going. Uh, and, uh, yep. I, you know, what might be in store? But I think I'm, I want to ask the question more in the context of there's been a lot of conversation the past two years in this time of COVID of how fraud is shifting. The types of fraud we're seeing is changing. The nature of everybody being more remote and electronic has also changed some of the vulnerabilities around fraud. And I'm curious, as you look into the trends happening in fraud and the motor vehicle space, how might FDR be keeping track in future updates with some of those new trends? Uh, that's a, that is a great point. And it ties directly into the evolution of FDR. We're no longer entirely document centric and we're no longer looking in, we're no longer looking only at groups that work on driver licenses and physical documents. We've expanded. So as fraud has also expanded when we've, I've listened to, uh, quite a, a number of interesting comments by folks like uh, Owen McShane, uh, seeing the shift that getting a fake driver's license is now no longer the only end goal. The goal is to get information so that that information can be transferred into 
money or benefits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so folks are looking to get information from our DMVs and expanding upon the electronic presence. Are they asking for uh, false crash reports? Are they looking for uh, scamming data, phishing data? Are they contacting customers directly? And yes, we are seeing all those things. And fortunately for, for FDR's expanded role as we, as we take the work from the working groups that are looking into these other types of fraud, um, those, that material uh, is incorporated into FDR because if we're going to detect prevent and remediate fraud. And fraud is, by definition, deception for personal gain. Well, then we're open to it on many, many, many levels. And any fraud training program will have to address those levels too. Mm -hmm. So in 2023's release, not only are we looking for things like the new Mexican passport, uh, and the best practices for deterrence and detection of fraud. But we're also continuing to gather information from our jurisdictions, look at these latest phishing schemes, look at these latest uh, schemes that involved obtaining information fraudulently and then using that to obtain a benefit, using that to incorporate it into the appropriate modules for FDR and keep coming up with guidelines that are applicable to everyone in the organization, be it in the mailroom or in the administrator's chair. Is that proving out in terms of usage of the, the platform? We talk about all these modules built for all these different audiences and across all 69 AMVA jurisdictions. When you look at download data or inquiries you're getting from our members for support and assistance, uh, is that proving out in terms of the usage of not only the platform as a whole, but all the different modules? Uh, I think we're seeing a mix, and I would attribute that mix to the roles of each of our different agencies. So licensing may be handled by one agency, and vehicles are handled by another, and excise tax and things like that are handled by another. Um, Although FDR uh, is maybe shared among those three agencies. Those three agencies may be picking and choosing those modules that work best for them. And although the document modules may be very, very specific, the license, the licensing agency may be using only the identification documents, the vehicle side of the vehicle agency may be using the vehicle-centric documents guides. But what we are finding is that the that very valuable modules like uh, internal fraud for staff, fraud for managers are also being used across those multiple agencies so that those latest fraud trends can can be addressed. Steve, you know from being around our community that they, we've agencies have a mix of folks who are there for long tenures, and then we have some folks that come and go through the motor vehicle community and often at the administrator level. They may be newer, they might be listening, and they might be going, this sounds like a rich tool, and I want to take an examination about how my agency is deploying it. We know that some folks take FDR modules and give it to very specific employees in their agency. Others have broad distribution. Uh, what about what do we have in terms of guidance for agencies to best leverage FDR? 
That is a terrific question because I think that the most difficult aspect um, when approaching any training topic uh, within our membership is that each member and sometimes departments within an agency have different training schemas and different training strategies. Um, And one of the most valuable aspects of FDR, in my opinion, is its flexibility. Mm -hmm. And with that flexibility, um, there come a lot of decisions for uh, for trainers to make. And fortunately, FDR has a uh, comprehensive implementation guide that will walk the jurisdiction through uh, choosing how it would like to approach implementation. Would it like to do it in a classroom fashion or in an entirely computer-based environment, perhaps some hybrid um, might be desired by a jurisdiction? Mm-hmm. The implementation guide will walk them through uh, all of those scenarios and find out which of the tools uh, will work best for them in their training strategy. Um, and that, as I said, that may turn out to be entirely uh, computer-based or uh, it may use some of the hands-on exercises talked about in the implementation guide as a follow-up um, to that computer-based training, actually have hands-on as some jurisdictions are doing after mm-hmm the computer-based training, Uh, but that implementation guide also contains sample curriculum for uh, typical business units. Um, And jurisdictions are free to take those suggestions and run with them or change them according to suit their needs. But that implementation guide, I think, is the first step in getting a look at what FDR has to offer and implementing it in a really straightforward and beneficial way. So Steve, what, what, what am I missing as we look at what was new in FDR? We talked about the highlights. We talked about how we're tackling the trends. As you look out at the horizon or anything, the latest release, anything I haven't thought to ask about that, that you think our listeners would want to know? I think one of the things that makes FDR so valuable is the continued cooperation and collaboration between all the entities involved in bringing updated quality material to our members. Uh, As we've mentioned during this talk, individual jurisdictions have submitted material. Um, We have partnerships with uh, with federal agencies that uh, let us know when they're releasing new documents like Mm -hmm. uh, Department of State did and Department of Defense did this year with the new passport release and the new military ID card release. Mm -hmm. Those partnerships are are continually growing uh, during the year, and we're continually sharing information with folks that are really, really knee-deep in the fraud world, folks like the Department of Homeland Security, HSI Lab, um, and what they do with their document findings on a regular basis. So constantly sharing that information with them in order to provide our modules with the latest material, not only documents, but also trends, investigative techniques, resources. Uh, Those are the types of things that make FDR truly, truly a valuable tool. And that spirit of community and uh, overcoming this uh, tenacious fraud uh, is really what makes each of those individual modules in this package so worthwhile for the student. Great. 
Well, Steve, thanks. I appreciate you spending time with us again, as you did last year, to talk about some of the highlights of the new FDR update, as well as looking out to the horizon. And, you know, we'll go ahead and mark it on your calendar for January 2023. We'll, we'll get you back on and see exactly, well, well, maybe we'll play back your predictions in terms of what's going to happen this year and see how far we get. <laughs> and that we'll sounds get some great. some updates on 2023. Sure. So thanks again for joining us, Steve. Really appreciate the time. Thank you all for tuning in and listening this week to the AMVACast. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AMVACast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.